0: Hello and welcome to Minted Dialogue, episode number 85. This interview, recorded on January 8th, 2014, is with Stephen Waddington, or Wads at on Twitter, a premier expert on public relations and whom I met thanks to folks at Like Minds as a fellow panelist, albeit on different panels, at the Digital Marketing Show in London end of last year. Successful repeat entrepreneur, author and prolific blogger, Stephen is now running digital and social media for Ketchum Europe. Stephen is leading the charge for the modernization and professionalization of PR practitioners. If you're interested in the evolution of PR, you'll definitely want to listen to what Stephen has to say. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T but branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Minta Dialogue Show. Today, uh, piped in from East Allgate in a very trendy part of London, I have with me someone who is a specialist, author, blogger, well-known person around the world uh, on PR in the form of Stephen Waddington. So, Stephen, tell us who you are and what you do exactly over here in Ketchum. So,
1: I'm a media practitioner that works for 20 years in uh, journalism and public relations. Um, at Ketchum, my role is focused on uh, helping our businesses throughout Europe, uh, and clients throughout the world uh, get to grips with different forms of media as it fragments. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've also got a role as this year, uh, President of the Chartered Institute of PR, uh, CIPR in the UK. Uh, And there, my role is focused on helping the profession and modernize get better at doing what it does. Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit more. So, uh, what about Ketchum?
0: Can you tell us about Ketchum owned by Omnicom? It's, uh, maybe not everyone's so familiar with it.
1: Okay. So, Ketchum is one of the three or four uh, largest international public relations firms uh, around the world, uh, has a variety of clients uh, in, in various different markets, uh, an, an agency that was founded 90 years ago uh, in the U.S. Uh, and over the, the story of the last 90 years has been taking the brand uh, and developing it as an organization worldwide. Um, as I say, it's now as a, uh, one of the top five or six big international public relations firms uh, that operates in more or less every market you can think about worldwide. All right. so when we, we use the word PR, you say public relations,
0: like, what about what is, the,
1: what is your definition of PR? Okay, so uh, very classically, the definition of public relations is is building on the reputation of an individual or organization through mutual understanding. The key difference, I guess, between um, advertising and marketing, different Different other different disciplines is that it's focused on on listening first, listening and then dialogue, and through that dialogue, forming a basis of, of mutual understanding.
0: Well, if I if
1: I listen to you, I mean, as I am, <laughs> when you say listening,
0: that's the difference. Well, I kind of I'm I'm sort of smirking because I'm kind of thinking that's what marketing should be doing
1: first. Uh, yeah, it should be, but it doesn't. Um, it, it doesn 't in the public relations itself is going through um, a very uh, a very uh, fast moving change as as media fragments and much of public relations has been made on media and media traditional media print media radio media tv um, it 's only now as media fragments and, and we have access to um, audiences on different forms of media publics on different forms of media and we can build relationships with directly with them mm-hmm. we're stopping to use we're stopping using intermediaries but the first point is going to be is always going to be planning listening mm.
0: all right when you say uh, uh, helping with the reputation of individuals and companies it makes me think of the role of the CEO so there used to be the notion well the CEO especially if they 're the founder they really pre-present the company and they would be presenting in finance times and the shareholder meetings and so on and so forth. Well, now you have this thing called the personal reputation as an e-reputation. How much has that changed
1: where PR goes? So there's an absolute connection, I would say, between good leadership and good communication, Uh, and if you use that as your start point, then the role of Public relations is very firmly um, the, the, the CEO's, CEO's role in communicating with all the different stakeholders that an organization has. Now, um, traditionally, you, as you suggest, that has been the financial times. It's been channels that reach financial audiences. Increasingly, it, can't, it can no longer be that because anyone has access now right. effectively to the CEO. I wrote a book called Brand Bundles that describes exactly that, uh, that premise that everyone now has a, Mm-hmm. as a, has a platform to communicate. And if if that platform resonates with an audience and a network, then they're going to build a reputation and, and profile. Um, so it's, I, I would argue it's very firmly the role of the CEO, and the CEO very firmly has to look to managing his online e-reputation. E- so
0: so what, what is the amount of business that you have? If you, I mean, is there a way you can actually identify and say, well, when, when we're tossed by a client, you're actually working with the CEO's message as opposed to the company's message or the brand message.
1: It varies, varies di- very differently from client to client, and perhaps we'll come on to this within this conversation about uh, where public relations sits within an organization. Within small organizations, it sits very firmly right at the top. Vul- organizations that value um, public relations and, and reputation as, as part of the value of an organisation, sit it right in, in the C-suite. Now, the challenge for public relations is it's maturing as a professional discipline, and, and you know, we have been slow as a profession to take mm-hmm. on the rigour of other management disciplines, and we're only doing that now, and we've been forced to do it uh, uh, now, and this speaks to my role at the CIPR. Um, because of, well, because I have the opportunity, and but b- more than anything, because um, we do, you know, we media is fragmenting and we have no choice but to do it. And if we don't, the ad guys and the marketing guys are going to come in and take our lunch. Have you ever had the situation where, I mean, because if, if, if their PR
0: is firmly rooted up on the top, whether it's a small company or a big company that really gets it, the challenge for the person who's running the PR is that they also have to be able to argument with their peers within the company, not just to understand the business outside. So if you bring in a young geek who really gets you know, social media and is you know, right up there, but if that person's not able to then represent and argue for change and greater investments and new platforms internally, then the PR effort's weaken within the company. Have you had opportunities or needs to work, I would say, through the quality of the personnel?
1: So here you go. Communicators need to be good communicators, right? Um, you are the eyes and ears of an organization, and you have to be a good personal communicator to do that. I would know, talk and lecture about um, good communication being an asset for anyone in any role. Uh, and persuasion and listening and good eloquent communication is part of that. Um, So uh, if you take that as a basis, it's, yes, quite surprising often how many public relations practitioners, marketing practitioners, uh, advertisers are are bad at communicating. You tend to find that the really successful ones and the memorable ones are the ones that, that, that communicate well, uh, and, you know, the public relations industry at the moment is a work in progress. It's mm-hmm. a work in progress as people reskill around new forms of media. And the, the idea of a public relations person as a publicist... And getting column inches into the a paper is is disappearing. And I'd firmly argue that now we're becoming much more strategic and clearly are the eyes and ears of an organisation. Mm. And part of that has to be good communication skills, good personal communication skills.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think in the past, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of PR has sort of been... Uh, about crafting messages and sending them out, but not necessarily
1: being the spokesperson. They're usually sort of a bit b- more behind the scenes. So, so this is the this is the this is the, the uh, I guess yes the, the we we develop pieces of content, um, we chuck that content out, and, and once it's gone out of the door, we're not necessarily, uh, you know, that concerned about where it hits or uh, how it resonates. There's a standing joke that uh, I used to have when I was present running training sessions and and saying, you know, (laughs) the job of public relations isn't to create pieces of content, spam journalists and, and then call them and say, did you get my content? Mm-hmm. Actually, actually, it's to start having a dialogue in the first place and find out why those journalists increasingly, mm-hmm. other forms of influencer, might actually be interested in your proposition, your organisation and working from that basis mm-hmm. then to create the content that's going to actually engage mm-hmm. them. You know, the, the old approach of creating stuff, throwing it over the wall mm-hmm. and hoping some of it stick is I'm sorry to say, a marketing-led approach ah, to some work. Don't be sorry. When I was working at Redken,
0: uh, part of L'Oreal Group, I, was, uh, I got a big lesson from my friend Anne Mincy, who he was head of PR. And, and so we're, the name of the company was called Redken, and, we, and she used to do PR. And what she described, it was personalizing Redken. So his PR was bringing a specific story to the person on the other side of the table, the phone, head of uh, Vogue, uh, beauty editor or whatever, <clears throat> and having something that's relevant to her or his agenda so that it really strikes to them. So the idea of blasting out was, was the ROI was poor, uh, and the idea of then actually, actually focusing
1: on who you think is important and what's important for them – Will then create some more effective PR. So, so here, here's the challenge we face now. Um, uh, any organization, any brand has thousands upon thousands of um, influencers who are, who are active in different forms of, mm-hmm. of social media. Who could con, uh, contribute to the reputation of, of an organization? Mm-hmm. The challenge that modern brand communications, so communicators face is being able to engage those. Uh, in, the, in, in conversations that are relevant and create the media, if you like, of me, uh, and that's tough. That's mm. that's that's a really really tough ask. But mm. you, your colleague sounds like she was ahead of the game. Um, you know, the the the, the, the challenge that organisations have always faced is there's this intersection between a brand and an audience. Um, you know, a brand typically wants to puff up its chest and talk right. proudly about uh, the, the wonder, yeah, the wonders of, of, of its product and service or uh, an, an offer. And actually, the audience has particular motivations. And unless you get the conversation right, and it's uh, a tiny area of, over, of of intersection, typically, you're not going to get very far uh, with your engagement. We're back to mutual understanding between a brand and a. Uh, and, and its audiences or public.
0: Well, it seems to me, if the history of PR is, is listening and marketing is about broadcasting, it seems like there 's would be a nice fertilization if, if there's a little bit more from the marketing side into PR and PR into marketing and in terms of listening on the one hand
1: and better communication skills on the other. So, so what marketing guys have been very, very, very good at is, is professionalizing what they do, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been very good at... at, at Return on investment, proving the value of the services that they develop. It's such a fundamental thing. Uh, public relations has, has typically been very, very bad at that and has used proxies. We've had this thing called a, a advertising value equivalent where we measured the, 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 the size of pieces of press coverage and. A photograph is 500 pounds. I, I, well, yeah, and created proxies for the value of those based on a, a, a rate card. And it's just absolute nonsense. Um, so, so, yes, there's a lot we can learn as public relations practitioners from colleagues in marketing because they've gone along this path already.
0: So I agree with you. <laughs> That's um, So in terms of um, measuring PR, so if, if uh, ad Ad equivalent is is not the right
1: route. How do you? How does go about? So AVE is just a proxy of, of a way of pinning a number on some sort on an output. Um, there's an organisation called AMEC, the uh, Association of Measurement and Evaluation of Communication, who have spent uh, th- th- three or four years practitioners around the world focused on um, on on developing. Um, scorecards and, 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 and models for measuring absolutely any form of, of public relations. And that's based on based – on their work based on two things. So you've got an activity that delivers uh, an output, and you can measure the, the output, but then it's actually the outcome that, you, that you're more interested in. Uh, and, and so their frameworks have focused entirely on that. Um, the other point to say is this, this stuff isn't easy. Public relations practitioners always liked the quick fix of, of, of AVE because it provided a number. It was something that you could easily present to, to the, the C-suite. Uh, and it provided an easy answer, but to the to, to the wrong question. It's completely facile. Um, you know, no two organisations can possibly have the same approach to measurement or value, um, because no two organisations have the same goals, objectives, uh, or programmes that they're going to be run. Just can't
0: so there's no easy answer but I, I'm, I'm assuming in PR worlds that there's all, as much conversation as there is in marketing worlds of you know the value of a like the value of a share mm. in social media
1: Does that where do you sit with that? So, so again we're just telling stuff a like is a like is is just an arbitrary output uh, and yeah you know it's a, perhaps an indicator of an outcome but it's not a means within itself the other thing is there's so much dodgy data um, you know while we are increasingly Becoming smarter at using data, and using big data It's a term that's chucked around uh, an awful lot. Um, you know, it's so easy to game web hits. For example, it's so easy to game likes. There's offshore businesses around the world that, where you can go and buy Twitter followers, likes on Facebook, hits on YouTube. Uh, you know, very, very cheaply. Go and do it if that's that's your motivation. Um, so we need to be able to scrutinise that and look through. Look. Through that, and you know, make, make sense of it doesn't mean that the data uh, isn't um, isn't useful, but you know, it needs to be viewed with rose-tinted spectacles.
0: So, I mean, at the end of the day, the challenge is that if we don't have something we can hang our hat on and have benchmarks, then the conversation becomes really difficult within a C-suite that's used to being very rational, needs the numbers, and the challenge is that they kind of are very quick to roll their eyes and say. Ugh.
1: You know, more bullshit. So I was just trying to see if you had anything, but it's not. So, so I would encourage you to look, look at the work of Amec, look at the work also of a guy called Philip Sheldrake, uh, he's an engineer. Oh, no. You know, Sheldrake, right engineer who uh, took a very methodical approach to this, uh, and wrote a book called *The Business of Influence*, uh, where he suggested that uh, we should go a step further than Amec and, and use, as practitioners, use the balanced scorecard approach. Oh, yeah, to, you know, used around the world. So. Um, you know, they both are, um, you know both are you know both are good forms of measurement and I would encourage anyone that 's a practitioner to look at these that's as cool. as a, and how to apply them for the business there isn 't any one answer that, no. that fits all you 've got to apply the appropriate means for you, yeah. for your own business, but increasingly we 're having conversations with all our clients about how we develop um, a, a school card type approach for mm. for each I mean, and
0: the end of the day it's the journey is you have the conversation with them and they actually don 't usually have really strong clear objectives, and you can craft those, then you end up with a clearer set of measurement skills once you've worked with them upstream. You've worked in uh, B2B and B2C before, uh, in your in your long uh, mm. past, illustrious past. What could you tell us in terms of the differences in the way PR is done when
1: you're B2B versus B2C? So um, a lot of the really innovative work that we notice around us um, happens in... in B2C, uh, a lot of the you know really smart consumer um, consumer stuff, you know uh, things like um, Jelly that were announced, been announced today by. Um, this stone, a uh, new social network. We can go out, out and ask a question. You know, it's not surprising that ASOS have jumped straight on that because ASOS are a pioneer in every mm-hmm. form of social media. Mm-hmm. They first to look at Google Plus, and you know, and the retail brands tend to be the fastest moving because those are the industries that that's the one of the industries mm-hmm. that that's, that's faster moving. And so a lot of attention is, is focused on the social activity, social media activity of, of retail brands, of fast-moving consumer goods brands. So Coke's another mm. great example. Uh, Red Bull, another great example. Sure. Contact, but get, uh, brands that are n- not so much brands anymore, but media content publishers mm. um, in, in the way you might consider an old media company. So a lot of the focus is always on, on on consumer. Actually, a lot of the more interesting work goes, and if you come back to your question of measurement um, the, in, in B2B, so um, I did run a seminar at the end of last year where I went and deliberately researched this for for myself uh, and looked around the web at organizations that were selling um, using B2B. And it was really quite surprising that um, you know there's uh, organisations in the UK that are um, working in the building trade, for example, like Screwfix, that are, are doing some really innovative work, um, attracting work, uh, you know to, to, to publish content through networks such as Twitter and engage guys that drive around, drive vans around, um, you know, around town. Um, Going from from job to job, and then if you go upstream a bit from that, then you know um, um, there's there's some good work going on in in, in all sorts of sectors. Mm-hmm. You know, I even found examples of, of organisations that were, um, you know, moving freight, that were selling cement, that were, you know, were just opening up their organisations and mm-hmm. telling the stories of mm-hmm. those organisations to engage uh, in different audiences. Because mm-hmm. frankly, whatever. Whatever um, market you're in, um, we're a consumer of media in some social form or other. So I would always encourage any client to go back to absolute basics and start. As a pl- with a planning exercise to look at the market, the buyers within that market, mm-hmm. and where those buyers are in and, and, and the social web. Mm-hmm. And increasingly, you'll find them on Google+, Plus, LinkedIn, or, or Twitter.
0: Well, and, and to go to your point, uh, you know the, B2, the B2C, so the consumer actually is the one that's leading the parade. So the B2C companies that are on board, are quicker to move a la ASOS and Red Bull. Yeah. There are a whole slew of business, business consumer companies that are maybe fast-moving in terms of their goods but not so fast-moving in terms of their transformation right. to the consumer. Where the funny thing is on the B2B side is, in my experience, I used to work half with I mean, with professionals, uh, with distributors, and, and they're part of my, my chain. And when you have a B2B, you kind of know much more clearly your audience because... A, they're usually smaller. B they share a particular passion because they also are related to your business. So it's kind of easier to promote that passion with that group because you know who they are, you know what they're interested in, as opposed to a consumer who in the morning is, you know, listening to an iPod, and in the afternoon is is buying uh, lunch at McDonald's and
1: doing lots of other consumptions. Yeah. So the the one the one area the market I look at constantly and scratch my head about is is travel and transportation. There's very very few standout examples of. of, of excellent practice, yet yeah, everyone that um, that travels um, is very, very quick to complain on Twitter or mm-hmm. their social network of choice the moment that something goes wrong and there's a huge opportunity there. Um, yeah, you know, examples are was it the JetBlue Christmas right, campaign? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's very, very few examples of delightful, engaging right. content yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meanwhile, consumers are sitting there on social networks t- bitching about the poor service they're getting. Um, and, and so yeah, it's, it's indicative, actually, of, uh, I guess, the, 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 the transformation that organizations need to go through, that you describe, that, that um, where social media isn't necessarily just part of the mar- marketing, but it needs to become part of customer service sure. of product development and mm-hmm. sales and so on and so forth. And you're right, some organizations are very, very slow, surprisingly slow, to make the jump.
0: Well, I think of creating publishing, you know, becoming a publishing company, I, and you always say go back to the basics. Where is the customer and you want to participate with them? I also tend to think there's as much importance as going back into who are we as a brand. What is our history? What is our story? Yeah. And there, referring back to what we talked about at the beginning, the role, the importance of the leader of the company
1: in expressing and communicating that story. So we're challenged as uh, the challenge that brands face when they communicate is is so often they want to tell the stories about themselves and and, you know say tell it in the the language that they uh, they they want to express themselves within, and so often we're you know social networks are social Um, you know we're not interested as consumers. Uh, even in a B two B market, and you know, being lectured, dictated, or, or since <laughs> yeah. around, yeah. or, or, or you know, uh, or or, or and so communication has to be has to be um, meaningful, and it has to be humble, mm-hmm. and it has to be appropriate. Now, an organisation and a brand can look back to its history, and and and. B- Pull uh, its values from that and right. take confidence in that, and you know, there's no surprise that there's a big resurgence in, in um, you know historical brands, especially in, yeah. in Britain at the moment. They have a story to tell. Yeah, they have a great story to tell, yeah. and it's absolutely authentic. Yeah. And you know, Coke's a good example of that. Yeah. There's lots of examples yeah. of brands right. that have right. done yes. that. Um, in, in the role of PR. How much of
0: your work is more on crisis management versus proactive
1: construction planning, as you're saying? So within Ketchum, there's a corporate team that focuses some of their time on on crisis management. Uh, Actually, it's part of the, the, the work that the consumer team does as well. I mean, every organisation at some point is going to face a, a challenging time from its, its stakeholders, uh, where communication isn't necessarily going to be as straightforward as, as they might want. You know, one of the things about social the social web is any anyone can have a conversation with an organisation. Sometimes those conversations aren't as straightforward as, mm-hmm. as as we'd like. Actually, crisis work is is a small Part of, of what we do, though, so, um, know, you know, crisis planning should be part of any good public relations campaign. Forewarned is mm-hmm. forearmed, right? But. Um, no, it's the, the bread of butter, the day-to-day is is kind of an always-on mm-hmm. tight campaign. I guess,
0: what, actually, when the crisis happens, it's more than fully on, but then we get over it and then we're back to business. All right, and you work around the world in uh, in PR, with, you have a European uh, mandate, you also work in Asia and the States. How do you define, is there any way you can say to us, well, PR is different in one zone versus another?
1: So, so the first thing is, it's so cultural, um, you know, communication is... is is intrinsic. The stories we tell, the experiences we have differ and are completely tied to our our national identity. Mm. So so that's the first thing, and you've absolutely got to be respectful of that. That's why I think it's been so challenging for organisations to scale public relations internationally because some piece of content created in, in New York uh, isn't necessarily going to play out appropriately around the world. Now the messages might, and then the market, local market, needs to interpret those and, and, and do something appropriate, work appropriately to its own, own market. So, so the local nuance is absolutely key. Second thing is media. Um, so media is different from from market to market, and, and especially at the moment, you know, we're, we're sat here in in London. Uh, both a similar age we we both um, probably you uh know uh, joined the internet as soon as we can, had email accounts as soon as we can and, and you know, browse the web through a, a web browser and got excited about that and then social forms of media. Um, you know, so we have a particular experience and that experience is, is pretty typical in Western Europe and, and the States. If you go to Africa, um, you know, it's completely different. We're, the, the, the market there has completely bypassed a, 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 you know, a, the web browser as mm. a, a as a medium, and it's jumping straight to mobile phones, and, you know, it's incredible work going on there around, um, you know, the use of mobile phones as a medium. So then you change your PR release, quote-unquote, into a little uh, thing that's read by a feature phone. So it's, it's the public. I just wrote something about this. Actually, um, you know, 100 years on, um, and still, public much of public relations workflow is based around this thing called the press release. And it's changing, it's changing slowly. We get excited as practitioners about the speed of development of, of different technologies and different media, and actually, changes quite slow. We're still writing press releases and sending them out mm-hmm. and using them, but we're also developing other forms of content and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not just using words, but using words and pictures, and right. increasingly video as well. Right. So yes, uh, and then making the uh, tailoring those appropriately for whatever mm, form of media is we're using. Mm,
0: that's cool. All right, well, Stephen, um, our time is drawing to a near. Thank you for your time. I wanted to ask you a um, couple of questions. last. One is um, what kind of sources or inspirations or conferences would you recommend if people want to get up to date? How do you stay up to date with what's going on in PR?
1: So I, so I look outside the public relations market, to be honest, uh, and I think, um, you know, the the industry is the profession is changing so fast at the moment, and we're learning from so many different areas um, that almost certainly anything that's created for a public relations audience um, is is out of date. Um, so, you know, it, it's the conferences like the web, it's the toad content, it's it's um, you know trend content, it's, it's what Harvard are doing from a management point of view, um, you know, to, to, to really understand and get appraised of, of what's going on in different fields and different markets.
0: Super. And, uh, Stephen, how can someone uh, track you down, follow you? I mean, I, and I only mean that in the best of ways.
1: So, so I was very early to blogging, and I love blogging. Uh, and I love that as a means of expression, a means of developing a network, a means uh, as you, you create podcasts, I, I, I blog. So you can find me at wads.co.uk, uh, which is a stream of, of consciousness, and you can also find me on Twitter. I love Twitter as well, increasingly Google+. Plus. In fact, Google Plus, I think, still is the one to watch. Um, Why is that? uh, Because it's been promised uh, by by Google as this layer on top of the internet that would help uh, determine sources of influence, and you can see it. We've been given, we've been teased by Mm -hmm. Google, Uh, but actually, until Google starts to make a great connection between the search engine. And the social. network, mm-hmm. uh, the social, then, then the, you know, it, it's it's still a real wait and see, and all the kids are on Facebook yeah. still. It's, it's still.
0: Well, super. Stephen, thanks very much for your time. Uh, looking forward to following you. Of course, I, I highly recommend your blog. And we're uh, looking forward to catching up and staying up with uh, what's going on in PR. Thank you very much. Thanks for the time. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com. Where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please rate it in iTunes and don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at MDIAL. Happy trails.